Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read all of Acts chapter 24. Uh, and just to bring you up to speed again, Paul went to Jerusalem and was attacked by Jewish leaders and arrested by the Roman officials, trying to get to the bottom of the accusations against Paul. And so now Paul, this follower of Jesus, his life is threatened in Jerusalem. So the Roman officials moved him to Caesarea, where he is going to have a trial and face his accusers in a Roman court. And so let's pick up the story. Five days later, Ananias, the high priest, arrived with some of the Jewish elders and the lawyer, Tertullus, to present their case against Paul to the governor. When Paul was called in, Tertullus presented the charges against Paul in the following address to the governor. You have provided a long period of peace for us Jews, and with foresight have enacted reforms for us. For all of this, Your Excellency, we are very grateful to you. But I don't want to bore you, so please give me your attention only for a moment. We have found this man to be a troublemaker, who is constantly stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the cult known as the Nazarenes. Furthermore, he was trying to desecrate the temple when we arrested him. You can find out the truth of our accusations by examining him yourself. Then the other Jews chimed in, declaring that everything Tertullus said was true. The governor then motioned for Paul to speak, and Paul said, I know, sir, that you have been a judge of Jewish affairs for many years, so I gladly present my defense for, before you. You can quickly discover that I arrived in Jerusalem no more than twelve days ago to worship at the temple. My accusers never found me arguing with anyone in the temple, nor stirring up a riot in any synagogue or on the streets of the city. These men cannot prove the things they accuse me of doing, but I admit that I follow the way, which they call a cult. I worship the God of our ancestors, and I firmly believe the Jewish law and everything written in the prophets. I have the same hope in God that these men have, that he will raise both the righteous and the unrighteous. Because of this, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and all people. After several years away, I returned to Jerusalem with money to aid my people and to offer sacrifices to God. My accuser saw me in the temple as I was completing a purification ceremony. There was no crowd around me and no rioting. But some Jews from the province of Asia were there, and they ought to be here to bring charges if they have anything against me. Ask these men... Here, what crime the Jewish high council found me guilty of, except for the one time I shouted out, I am on trial before you today because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. At that point, Felix, who was quite familiar with the way, adjourned the hearing and said, Wait until Lysias, the garrison commander, arrives. Then I will decide the case. He ordered an officer to keep Paul in custody, but to give him some freedom and allow his friends to visit him and take care of his needs. A few days later, Felix came back with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. Sending for Paul, they listened as he told them about faith in Christ Jesus, as he reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control and the coming day of judgment. Felix became frightened. Go away from now, he replied. When it's more convenient, I'll call for you again. He also hoped that Paul would bribe him. So he sent for him quite often and talked with him. After two years went by in this way, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, and because Felix wanted to gain favor with the Jewish people, he left Paul in prison. 
couple quick things. Uh, when you hear followers of Jesus being talked about, lumped together, you're hearing some different um, names and titles for this Jesus movement. They're called the Nazarenes. They follow the Nazarene. Jesus was originally from Nazareth, so his followers were called the Nazarenes. Um, other people called them the way because it was a new way of living, a new way of life, the Jesus way uh, within the Jewish movement. Um, and then in Antioch, what we heard earlier was that they were being called and made fun of by being called little Christs, little messiahs, Christians. Um, and so Paul here says, yeah, I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm following Jesus. But here in this, Governor Felix, he's got a tough job. He has to keep the peace in a region that still to this day has religious and ethnic conflict raging in the Middle East. And here in this story, he has to keep his Jewish subjects happy and at peace, but he also has to honor and protect Paul because of his Roman citizenship. And he has to look out for his own self-interest as well. <laughs> and he always puts those first, as we find out later. So after hearing the, the Jewish religious leaders and hearing from Paul, he sits on the case. He procrastinates on it. And he keeps Paul in prison. Prison wasn't necessarily considered a punishment at that time, but a way to hang on to someone until a legal matter could be resolved. Therefore, Felix holds on to Paul and waits. He gives Paul some freedoms because the Roman prison system at that time didn't provide for the needs of their prisoners, like food and other items. So Paul's friends would regularly visit Paul and bring him food and care for his practical needs. One line from this story really caught my attention. Paul had the opportunity to share his faith in Jesus with Governor Felix and his Jewish wife. And in verse 25, it says that as Paul reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control and the coming day of judgment, Felix became frightened. And he says, go away for now. When it's more convenient, I'll call for you again. Felix had uh, what's-in-it-for-me attitude in life. It was all about Felix and what Felix wanted. He hoped Paul would try to bribe him. He hoped the Jewish leaders wouldn't rock the boat and cause trouble for him. He hoped to keep things calm under his control and in his best interest, regardless of the facts and the truth and what was right. Additional historians of the day tell us that Felix met his young wife, Drusilla, while she was married to another man. And yet, while she's married to another man, he convinced her to leave her husband and to be married to him. When Felix saw something he wanted, he took it. And so, when Paul shared Jesus with Felix and his wife, Drusilla, he spoke of self-control, living rightly before God, and coming judgment. Paul no doubt explained their guilt before God and the possibility, though, of new life found in Jesus. And Felix, the text says, is fearful. He, the word literally is he's trembling in fear. He's shooken up. The message of Jesus and the call to follow him became too personal. It was hitting too close to home. You see, Felix knew quite a bit about the way. But when he was confronted with the truth of Jesus and the call of Jesus on his own life, he backed up and said, no, 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 I'm okay to know about this stuff. I don't want it to impact my life. You know, what happens when we hear difficult, convicting words that expose where we've gone off God's rails? 
for me, when I'm confronted with things or convicted with things or recognize that um, through my own uh, connection with God and hearing from God or reading scripture or from someone else pointing this out, that I've somehow kind of gone my own way, that I've sinned, that I've fallen short, I tend to make excuses to God and to other people. I defend myself quickly. I want to even attack the messenger who's exposing the truth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but look at your life. And somehow by deflecting and putting the blame somewhere else, I'm okay. I often, like Felix, want to abruptly change the subject and put a stop to the conviction. Yet Paul is inviting Felix and his young wife an opportunity for new life, for forgiveness and hope. He's inviting them to know more than just knowing about the way of Jesus. He's inviting them into the way of Jesus. He's inviting them and introducing them to Jesus himself. But Felix has a hard heart. He's protecting himself. He's proud. He's unwilling to admit his need for Jesus. Felix is in it for Felix. He doesn't need Jesus. Have you ever felt convicted of your need for forgiveness? Have you experienced the tug of God to bring the truth into the light, to own a difficult choice or action or decision you made? Those can be really painful moments. But they're invitations to new life. They're not a condemning word of failure on you. They're an invitation to life and healing and peace and forgiveness. Unlike Felix, let's not shut the conviction down. Let's embrace it. Let's admit it. And let's ask Jesus to lead us to healing and to hope. Because thanks to him, we can have new life. And so what is God pointing out to you today? And what will be your response? Let's pray. Search us, God, and know us. Point out any way in us that pushes against you and your way. Forgive us and bring us new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.